welcome to the latest edition of the Progress with UNC podcast. And uh, this evening we've got a special guest with us. We've got Paul Kendrick from the Wigan Evening Post, the Wigan Athletic correspondent. Good evening, Paul. Good evening, Barry. Good Thank evening, all. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we've got a usual gang as well with us today. We've got uh, Greg. How are you, Greg? How about yourself? Very well, thank you. Very well. And we've got Paul. Evening, Barry. Evening. Good day at work. Yeah, fine. Good stuff. Gareth. Hello there. Going to work tonight? No, no, no. no. Not oh, night off. Excellent. Dan. Hello. How <laughs> <laughs> you doing? Uh, okay, if you don't ask me about work. All right, then I won't ask you. <laughs> no. No, I'm not about work. <laughs> no. Probably best. I'm not about work then. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got Rob. How you doing, Rob? Thirty middling. Thirty middling. Yeah. Rob works from home, don't you? I do. Yeah. That's not perks. Space perks. Yeah. Help me, boss. I ain't listening. Yeah. Is your boss the missus? No, he's Scottish. Is he? Yeah. Don't, I watched England game today when I should have been working. Right. <laughs> I'm not caught that out. I'll leave that on. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> So you weren't designing many kitchens around that time then? Well, I wasn't doing anything. No. I was watching football. Right. And then did my prep for tea. Brilliant. Brilliant stuff. Right, anyway, uh, while we've got Paul Kendrick in the studio tonight, I thought we might take a little bit of advantage and ask a few uh, questions with regards to... You all right, Greg? <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> Is it because I mentioned the word correspondent? <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, so we'll settle down. All right, is it all right? Yeah, go, go. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. So I just thought we might take advantage uh, and, and ask you a few questions. You know, with your obviously you've got a bit of an insight into the club. And I know you can't, um, you know, uh, let, keep the, let the secrets out, so to speak. But uh, first thing I'd like to ask is, how do you get into becoming? The, the current football correspondent for the Evening Post, how did that come about? Right, well, when I was at school, obviously, I wanted to be a footballer, as most kids do. Um, that quickly became apparent that I wasn't going to make it, so um, writing was my other passion, so just went through college, university, and got a job at teamtalk.com straight out of um, university, where I was um, football writer, um, in particular the Wigan Athletic uh, correspondent. Uh, stayed at the Press Association for six years doing rugby, football, and then Jog came up at the uh, Wigan Observer when Mr. Swindles left. Applied for it, and uh, yes, yeah, yeah. unfortunate to get the job. So, yeah. uh, like a dream come true, isn't it? Well, it was, yeah, it came yeah. full circle. I sort of, you know, went round the houses to Leeds to Hull and then back here, but uh, yeah. you know, all's well that ends well. Good stuff. And would you recommend it to any aspiring journalist out there? Absolutely. I mean, you know, short of actually playing the game, you know, go around the country watching latics, being paid for the privilege, eating fine food in <laughs> and drinking press rooms, absolutely, yeah. up and down the country, yeah, you know, seeing the players most, most days a week, it's, it's a dream job, no complaints. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, Paul, you know, um, evening Paul, what's your sort of typical day on a non-match day? On a non-match day, um, it's pretty um, structured really, I mean on Monday obviously the the big thing is the Observer comes out on Tuesday so we spend most of our Mondays um, doing our match report from the weekend, um, tidying up the quotes, um, speaking to, to players at the training ground if there's you know issues stemming from the weekend that we've um, not got on top of, there's a lot of sort of amateur footy, amateur rugby league that also goes into the Observer that we've got. 
Um, Mondays is probably the the busiest day of the week. Uh, Tuesday morning is is incredibly hectic, as Greg will tell you. Uh, we've got to get the observer out at dinner time, so it's literally um, Roberto's um, local press briefing is Tuesday morning. So I finish off my work, nip down there. Any late injury news, any pressing you know issues ahead of the weekend that needs to be in the observer get back, just quickly edit the Observer, and then at Tuesday dinner time, that's sort of put out the way for the week. Uh, and then after that, it's the evening post, so it's um, obviously we're looking at the 12th man section then, we're, we're collating all the 12th men entries coming through, reading the fine work from your good selves. That's uh, that's Tuesday afternoon's work. Um, so that'll be four or five hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that'll be a bit of a... <laughs> Got to change some up first. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Probably a good laugh as well. Yeah. yeah. So uh, sometimes nip down to the training ground again just to get some some more interviews. To show the twelfth man around from every other <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, Wednesday uh, I do my column for Thursday's newspaper. Thursday is uh, press day in the morning for the nationals, and then I uh, nip down to the training ground, speak to Mike Pollock for his column for Friday's paper, and then Friday's just um, putting the weekend previews together and. And sort of getting ready for the match day, really. So brilliant, brilliant. It's, uh, it's not just you know yeah. what you see in the paper. You know, it's only taking him twenty minutes to do that. There's a lot of lot of stuff sort of behind the scenes that goes into the paper. Sometimes I've noticed there's different content on the website as well than what actually goes out. I mean, how do you decide which is which? What it's the papers and what I yeah. put on the web. Well, generally in the past it's been evening post stuff only that goes on the website because obviously we're the observers out all week so if you put that straight on the the website it kind of dates you know the following day the two days after that but we're, we're trying to increase the the internet stuff now without damaging the sales really so we might put say six parts of the observer story on for the full story see the observer breaking news signings or um you know stuff that that comes through injury news that tends to go straight on the internet but it, it generally gets updated sort of first thing in the morning and, and then on merit for the rest of the day. So it's um you won't everything that's in the paper won't be on the internet, but the main stuff the main stuff will be. Right. Right. Gareth? Yeah. Just fishing for a few rumours <laughs> while, while we've got you here if you don't mind. On our fans forum, Vital Football, Vital Wigan fans forum, one of the popular threads at the moment is the Ronnie Stam contract situation. <laughs> so I just wonder you had any rumours, thoughts on Well, it's a strange one. I mean, the, the rumour's been doing the rounds for a while that uh, he's, he's got a certain clause in his contract. It's, you know, um, obviously we're not party to each individual contract. They're all separate with each player. But um, if he has got a, a certain thing in his contract, it, it's not something I'm aware of. And um, I don't think that's the norm. I don't think most players do have those, whether he's, you know, he's insisted on it, you know, as a personal thing, you know. Jonathan Jackson's probably the one to answer that rather than myself, but you know it's um, it's generally probably the exception rather than the rule if if that's in there. Seems to be a feeling that uh, very much is is overlooked at the moment. Mm. Certainly on the fans' forum. Anyway. Yeah, as a player, you mean yes. within the squad? Yeah, it overlooked. So we're just trying to fish to see <laughs> what the reasons are behind that. And obviously, it's come out to yesterday, Ante himself, and, and mentioned something about this in the Dutch press. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, those will be fueled by his, his sort of non-appearance in the Premier League team. I mean, he's he's done very well, hasn't he, in the in the Capital One Cup? But I suppose Roberto's looking at it. You know, he's got Boise doing a a great job down the right hand side. He can, you know, get up that flank, and he's obviously, I think it's it's probably, you know, we'd all agree he's a he's a better defender. Which you know, mm. 
you get a, you get tested a lot more defensively in the Premier League than in the Capital One Cup. And I'm not saying Ronnie's not a good defender, but he probably looked very good going down the flank against Forest and, and West Ham. Whereas you know Boise solid defending against United and Chelsea. You know good attacking players. So is Roberto possibly going for the for the better defensive option in the league. I don't know. Uh, Dan. Yeah, I've just got a question about Franco Di Santo. We'd be slightly stuffed <laughs> without him, I think. Uh, do you have any rumours, any inside information as to whether he might perhaps still be at the club in January, considering some of the alleged people that are going to be in for him, West yeah. Ham? Is something that came up in the summer? Yeah. It's a funny one, Franco, isn't it? I mean, when he first came, he was sort of. If you asked a, a cross section of the the Wigan fans what they thought of him, it probably wouldn't have been as as high as it is now. But you know, he's Roberto's always had faith in him, said he'd come good, and he obviously has come good. So I think it's you know, from from my point of view as a correspondent, I think it'd be it'd be nice for him to show Roberto a bit of loyalty and not just get off at the first opportunity if, if that's indeed what he is thinking. But I mean, I can only go on what Franco's told me. Spoke to him in depth over the summer and. Um, said he would, he's never been happier in his football career than at Wigan under Roberto and if the terms were right he'd be delighted to stay so I don't know whether that's just you know the interest from other clubs is just a bargaining tool or whether you know whether he does see his you know future elsewhere but from what I can gather he's happy at the club he's got a good sort of friendship network there so you know I, I think he'd be he'd be hard pushed to, to better himself than at the moment than Wigan yeah I hope he stays I second that yeah I've mm. heard it Motion carried. Unanimous. <laughs> yeah, Frank will <laughs> <laughs> Rob was... Yeah, uh, I remember reading in the summer about getting some new facilities down for the first team, but not only that, the academy. I've uh, heard nothing for a while on that. I was wondering what is happening with the training facilities, how long will it sort of be, and uh, what is involved in that exactly? Um, I don't know exact uh, timescales, but I've spoken to, to Dave Whelan and Jonathan Jackson about that, and I know that imminent is the word that they used on this, you know, planning permission sort of, I know there was a, a residence meeting regarding the, the Christopher Park yeah. sort of development quite recently, but that is very much on the go, it's not being put off, it's, it's something that they are, you know, pushing yeah. towards, and I think, you, you know, sooner rather than later on that one. Yeah, well, we, I live, don't know if you know where I live, you live just up the road as well, didn't you, Gareth? Um, we were invited. Did you go down to that resident meeting? I, I think it might have been just people who's backing onto it. And it was all very positive. It was Matt, Matt Jackson's ahead of all the training ground stuff now. And he was telling us, you know, basically what they want to do is there's, a, there's, a, there's two pitches. I don't know if you've been to Christopher Park, there's two pitches. There's one where they used to do a lot of the training on. And then they've done the upper pitch up, and it's immaculate, that pitch now. It's a brilliant pitch. Uh, but there's just a little bit like car park type thing at the bottom that really needs sorting out. There's loads of like sand and mud going down something the road. You'll see, you know, like, dirty kinky cars get going down that road. And he was saying that the plan is to turn that now into one big car park. You know, all the you know, the youth teamers and the pros can use it. Put a few garages up there to store all the tractors up there. So make it more accessible and make the pitches better. Um, with regards to you know making all weather pitch and stuff like that I don't think that's in you know in the offing just yet there's a lot of rumours about whether they were going to put lighting up so because I know Roberto likes his night training but I think they're happy with stuff like that you know at, at the moment but um, no, it's, it's also ended very positive from what Matt Jackson told us there was it was room about an indoor facility wasn't it is that going to be elsewhere that is it, it, that was mentioned at the at the meeting and um, I mean 
Matt, you know, he said there's just no plans at all for it to be Christopher. Right. You know, rumours, you know, fly around. I remember <coughs> we did an interview with with our paper, and I, I don't know quite what he said, but you know, I think there was the you know the indoor pitch is going to be elsewhere if it is built. But that you know, I think that's the way off yet. Mm. Night train is quite an interesting one. I've mm. not heard of that before. Well, he, does, he, does yeah. a lot, he does a lot of it, you know. Um, Makes you know, perfect sense. Well, I can be sat in our conservatory yeah. and, you know, someone lit the ball sky iron. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but no, he likes it and, you know, it's you know, mm. simple playing on Tuesday to get it done on a Monday. Um, they do night training before every midweek game, don't they? Yeah. To get the bodies. Um, but it's basically the latest they can do it, you know. Obviously, now it's you know, now only possible to do it after like five because mm. you can't see anything. Hope to fly anybody on the. Mention anything? Ask anything? Yeah, I've got another question. Right. Very on. strong rumours uh, which keep coming about. In fact, I think I've read the same story about ten times over the past few months. Roger Espinosa. Um, any truth in the rumours, Paul? I think it's true. Well, I mean, Roberto, he's, he's, he's known for his, his sort of extensive network. He's, he's got, you know, fingers in a lot of pies around the world. He, his name's come up as he keeps, you know, his, every transfer window is, is, is a namer uh, that, that always comes up. Um, I do know that he won't bring a player in just for the sake of it. He, he's got sort of players ready to come in and if and when the opportunity arises, for example, if not saying it will happen, but if DeSanto was to move on in January, he doesn't just start thinking... We need a centre forward. He's, he's got a list of that might be one of the options. So um, it's it's just a case of wait and see. But you know he's, he's definitely one that's been strongly linked. Yeah, yeah the Daily Mail had it nailed, didn't they? Latics to increase their Ecuadorian contingent, <laughs> along with uh, uh, Antonio Valencia, Mino Figueroa, Roger Espinosa is due to arrive. Like, yeah, they've really done their homework. Yeah. yeah, I think they rerun the story from. Do you ever pick up things like that where I know um, we were chatting to somebody at the player of the season do and the Jean Bolsajour transfer was pretty much nailed on at the summer but it just didn't come through and then we actually picked him up up in the January. Is there ever anything like that that you know about that you pretty much, because I know these lads have been questioning you like you're the club spokesman, that that you have to be... (laughs) Well you are. (laughs) Anything like that that you have to sort of keep stum on that you... They, they trust you with and yeah well I mean I get told stuff that it's you know this is going to happen over a certain amount of time or you know don't switch your phone off tonight especially in transfer window this, this might happen but obviously the, you want to go and put it on the message boards you want to yeah. ring someone but it's, it's just you know you get one story out of it but obviously they wouldn't tell you anything after yeah. that so it's it, it, trust is a, a big thing in sort of this job so it's kind of you know I do find out stuff but it's stuff that you can use and stuff that you can't use well, so with that in mind with that in mind <laughs> and you don't have to mention any names at all is there any just big players <laughs> is there any big players that we've been after and very nearly got but they slipped through the net yes <laughs> yes <laughs> can you net them no <laughs> <laughs> I know Bosigio was very close to coming the transfer window before, but they were actively seeking other players, and they, yeah. it just yeah, it just didn't happen for them. Alan Nixon knew that as well. Yeah. He was tweeting it. <laughs> Nico. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anybody else want to ask anything? No. Uh, do you not fancy doing a rumours column on, on the Post website? You know, I mean, all the uh, all the other 
fan sites and that do have these yeah. rumours. And, and even Liverpool's official website has a rumours yeah, section yeah. as well. It just keeps the fans' interest yeah. going, you know. I'm not too sure uh, Ed Jones would be very happy with the, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the rumours website. Could well, them, we've looked at doing something like a gossip column inside the transfer windows, you know, yeah. for, the, for the last 30 days. I'm, I'm sure that'd be something that, that the fans would be up for. So, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll probably suggest that at the next, you know, content meeting, yeah, possibly. I've seen the traffic down to my side here. Yeah, they? exactly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you have any more ideas? Should we do a podcast? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> doing one, don't we? All right. <laughs> oh, we get to that one. Right, moving on to something totally different. You're heavily involved with a, a, a charity that's just been launched, aren't you? Joseph's Gold. Absolutely, yes. Um, I mean, would you like to tell us a, a little bit about that? Yeah, um, Joseph's my little boy. He's, um, he's three and a half years old now, but... Um, he had a pretty tough start to life when when he was born. Um, the, the doctors he basically didn't um, develop as as well as the doctors thought he would at feeding and stuff, and he was rushed away for tests. And um, the doctors basically, when they eventually found out what it was, they, they told us that um, we probably wouldn't get him out of hospital, which obviously for any parent is is the worst thing that you can possibly hear. But um, we were determined to sort of give him every opportunity so they sort of offered us some medication which we we sort of readily accepted on his behalf and um, he, he reacted very well to it we, we managed to get him home and again they told us not to get our hopes up you know he, he probably wouldn't last six months with the, with the condition that he's got but um, you know touch wood he's, he's, he's been fantastic it's unfortunately it's, um, it's a life limiting incurable condition it's called uh, non-catotic hyperglycinemia which is, is one of the rarest uh, genetic conditions you can get it affects one in 60,000 uh, there's less than 500 people living with it on the planet because it's the mortality rate is so bad but like I say I mean um, he, he's three and a half now and He's not getting any better, but we've got him to a stage now where he's sort of comfortable, you know, in himself. I mean, he he doesn't do a great deal, but we're, you know, we're we're just happy to sort of, you know, have him, you know, every day is a blessing, really. So it's, we just thought over the summer, you know, it's time to sort of, you know, do something more, you know, tangible now, get out there, raise some money, because it is such mm -hmm. a under-researched, underfunded, you know, th there's one doctor on the planet who's actually actively researching into it, so it's kind of just a case of getting as much money as we possibly can uh, over to him so you know yeah. I send it out with a few friends uh, mention it to, to Wigan Athletic who I've got to say have been absolutely fantastic from uh, Neil Rimmer to Jonathan Jackson to Roberto to Ed Jones they've you know they've been literally saying anything you can do anything we can help with all you have to do is come down and I don't know if you saw in the paper last week we've had pictures with a with a first team squad pictures with Roberto um, been fantastic they've offered us you know use of the stadium for, for, for dues and, and events and stuff so you know it's 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 a campaign that's obviously in its infancy but we're mm. you know we're hopeful it could get pretty big and you're looking to run it over more than just a few months are you looking over two or three years is yeah, it yeah well hopefully yeah I mean um, there's, there's no sort of definite um, you know like with the Emma Hoolan thing where it was a, a certain amount of money by a certain mm. time this, this one is sort of as much money as we can get over as long mm. as you know as Plus long as we can do it you're raising the awareness as well about, we are, about yeah. the condition and also the research yeah. that's going into yeah. it which I is mean, fantastic in exactly itself. yeah I mean it's 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 going into literally awareness of the condition so hopefully one day we can get a cure for it but along the way if, if the doctors can find some way of 
in, improving the medication so we can manage it. That's that's another goal. So li- literally any amount of money that we can get will will do massive amounts of good. Right, and uh, so we've got some things to look forward to in the coming weeks and months. There's going to be concerts and sponsored walks and things yeah. like that. Yeah, we're just um, we're sort of planning meetings. You know, literally day by day. We've had some fantastic ideas that we're hoping to announce over the next few days and weeks. But th- you know, the the Wigan Athletic family in particular have been fantastic to you know to to get involved and offering their sort of support which is you know we we really do appreciate and you know hopefully if we can push it further afield now and you know the sky's the limit hopefully brilliant and i'm you know i'm we're 100 behind you so yeah it's appreciated good stuff right there's also um ways that people can get in touch there's a a twitter feed um at joseph's goal and uh, there's a website, um, www.josephsgold.org. Uh, all the details are on there, how to donate and stuff. Um, and this week I've um, put an order in for a few hundred wristbands that will hopefully get to us at the end of next week. So we'll be putting them on sale, hopefully in time for the West Ham game. And, um, you know, take it from there, increase right. the awareness, and then hopefully people get on board. And we'll so for the West Ham game, where are they going to be available from? Assuming they're on sale, yeah. we're going to hopefully get uh, a couple of sellers, one of which may be sat to my left, yeah. Mr. Farrymond, uh, possibly standing on the bridge where Jimmy normally sends the fans in, or yeah. possibly by the the reception or by the front gate where the you know the uh, the souvenir shop. So they'll be at strategic right. locations. You, club you, shop. Ex- yeah. yeah, we're hoping. I've, I've been told by the club that they will put them, you know, club shop and. That's another way they've been fantastic with support. Aren't they? Yeah, they really yeah. have. So. Right, so that's so we'll look out for look them. Look out for them on coming the, over the bridge on Saturday week. Yes, right. And get your pounds out. <laughs> get your pounds out. Brilliant stuff. Right, um, I'd like us to move on now, if it's, it's okay, and uh, just discuss something what happened just a couple of nights ago, um, which kind of disturbed me slightly. England under twenty ones play their way to Serbia, and the amount of abuse that the players got was, I thought, was totally unacceptable. Um, don't know where it starts on this, sir. Well, it's amazing to me that amid all the kicking and punching and all the hooliganism that was going on on the pitch, never mind off the pitch, um, the only affirmative action that was taken by the referee was to send a player off for kicking a ball into the crowd. Now, we've yet to see what's going to happen with regards to fines and disqualifications, perhaps, in the coming weeks, but... Yeah, don't hold your breath, is that what you're saying? Mm. That's what, well, yeah. In the African Cup of Nations, Senegal were booted out for crowd disturbance, weren't they? So they were kicked and, out. And, that, yeah. and that's obviously a much lesser offence, isn't it? Yeah. That's just a crowd disturbance because they weren't happy that they, they were losing the game, never mind. Yeah. Sort of all the well, unacceptable stuff. When I, when it, was, it was during the England game, uh, or shall I say, during the England washout, <laughs> uh, that it first was brought up. And, and when they said it was fans have come onto the pitch but when you actually see it it's not fans at all it's players and coaching staff and the red button the kicking and the punching and but Danny Rose had a brick through through at him uh, while he was warming up and it was carrying on before it had been reported I can't believe he allowed the game to start I mean that's the first thing you know sometimes you think like UEFA's got no no bottle whatsoever well I mean in summer in summer Nicholas Bentner got fined eighty thousand dollars for for dropping his kecks and showing a pair of padded power shorts, mm. an individual go back two years. Serbia or back to, was it two thousand and seven? I think mm. it was. Serbia got fined the grand total of sixteen thousand euros, an association for for severe racism. 
I mean, it just doesn't add up. It doesn't add up to, to me at all. The, the worst thing about it all for me, and I, I do think this is worse than the actual actions, is the Serbian FA's response to it. Oh, good I, I grief, I think it's yeah. absolutely disgusting yeah. because... Yeah. You know what's happened is in the crowd. It could be anyone in the crowd, and I'm not condoning it whatsoever. It shouldn't have happened, but for an organisation who's supposed to represent a country to come out with that response, completely unconsidered, completely just burying their heads in the sand, was just completely wrong. And that is where the UEFA or FIFA, whoever is going to take control of this, should look at it and say, actually, no, you know, you're going to get banned. If they'd have come out and said, look, we've got a problem, we're going to launch this campaign, that campaign, wholeheartedly apologise for what's gone on we're going to look into it, then you can maybe start to look at fines, possible bans for this tournament, but not future tournaments, but no, you, I don't say yeah. you can't ban them for the next two tournaments. They should have underread it in shame, I think. You say that, Greg, it's unconsidered. It's, it's, it's almost 24 hours on. That is the considered view. They've actually had yeah. time to think, get the big wigs around. Well, they've had time to think, have they looked at the footage? Incredible. Have they looked at the footage? Because they can't. If they've, if, they've, no. if they've looked at the footage, you know, there's, what, there's what, a, a video going around, I think BBC and Sky showed it today, and you can clearly hear mm. monkey chants. Yeah, yeah there's Danny Rose is walking yeah. off the pitch. What, what, yeah. what's, what's, what's the Serbian FA saying that is? You know, if that's not racist, mm. you know, and, it, and it's Danny Rose's fault. I mean, come on, he kicked a ball into the crowd. If that was me... I don't know what I'd have done. I really don't. You can also see a Serbian player run probably 30, 40 years to remonstrate yeah. with him, grab hold of him, and he was dragged off at the time as well. And the touch shot judge actually put his arm around Danny Rose and ushered him off the pitch. Uh, the FIFA need to be you know, the officials need to stand down on it and, and you know deal with the situation, don't they? Not not fudge it like yeah. usually. Well, last time it happened, Platini said, uh, "Next time when you're out, we'll ban you." So they just got to do it, yeah. and I think when they come back, it should be a um, excuse me, should be a suspended sentence hanging over them. So if it ever happens again, mm. there's no there's no arguing the right straight away. Yeah. You know, well, before this incident, Serbia are on basically borrowed time anyway from the previous incident, which you've already said they got a paltry fine of what sixteen and a half thousand euros yeah. or whatever it was. Now, believe it or not, I don't know if anyone saw the Tottenham Lazio game the other week, UEFA Cup. Lazio fans, uh, racist chanting all the way through the game. There was somebody present there called Michelle Platini, who's not battered an eyelid. It never even got a mention. And they just it's like they're almost condoning racism. Yeah. And they've gone past the point now where they can actually say they'll throw them out the competition. I expect that they'll probably back Serb the Serbian statement up. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. in the slightest. And they'll not rescind Danny Rose's red card. They'll probably punish him further. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. They're, they're a bunch of jokers. Yeah. Well, in, well I think it'll be within their every right to refuse ever to play Serbia again after that, then, yeah, and, until that action's taken. The yeah. thing is, you just know that if there was so much as a tiny bit of crowd trouble at, say, the England Poland game, you know. One of our idiots smashed a shot window or something. Somebody had an umbrella. We'd, <laughs> we'd, 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 we'd be gone. We'd be gone. We'd, be, we'd, you know, we'd, we'd get yeah. treated just, you know, to be made an example of. I think smaller countries, it kind of works the other way around. Like in the, F, you know, in the Premier League, we seem to think that because we're a smaller club, we're more hard done by. I think when you're looking at countries, I think FIFA kind of protects some of the smaller countries because they know that if they take football away from them and, you know, say you're not allowed international in, in competitions for the next four years, then the standard of football in that country is just going to drop. So I think maybe that's why they're protecting him. You know, whereas well, doesn't they like making no. it? I know it shouldn't, shouldn't be. be the driving force. To, to, to me, to well. me, that's how it comes across. Because yeah. these smaller countries get away with absolute murder. When you know, they just seem to think, oh, it's a cultural thing. When when, when England play Spain, yeah. you know, Spain, you know, Spain did have the floor out with them because you know because the Spain, you know. 
for me, uh, the FIFA's not taking any action yet already. You yeah. know, straight away they should say, right, they're suspended by a pending investigation. The best thing that happened to English club football was, was getting banned after mm. ISIL because exactly. it, it was in a, a shocking state and it made us sort of our acts out. Mm. And, it, and that's the only way to do it because yeah, it's the only language that yeah. they understand. Yeah, if you take it away from them, they might get their own ace in order. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only, possibly they all need educating yeah. on the matter. Well, we're yeah. not saying every Serb is, is, is a racist, are we? We're just saying there's an element there and it's causing problems. Well, they used to say that about, about here, didn't they? But we sorted it because we took a firm stance yeah. on it and we didn't allow it. Kids, uh, kids are educated in school now. Yeah. They, I mean, I don't know, I can't comment, but are they in places like Serbia? Like, you know, are they told that? You know, it's on the curriculum here, isn't it? Diversity yeah. and um, citizenship people is all part of it. People want it as well. It wasn't on. You know, over 2 PC. Well, yeah, in some aspects we might well be, but, you know, these kids need to be taught that from a very early age. And then, you know, that, that is the age they, you know, supposed to get taught. When you get to 2021, 20, you'll have in your head that what you believe is right. And, you know, for a lot of people, there's no going back then. Yeah, there was nothing on the curriculum when I went to school, but I went to school in inner city Manchester. It was a mixed class, and in there you learn that mm. some people are clowns, some are not, and that's that's the way you judge people. Simple as that. Yeah, and it's it, it's people's attitudes rather than yeah. the colour of the skin, isn't it, yeah. or whatever yeah. religion that is decides to cut. It's the personalities. Of course it is. Yeah, some yeah. of them are idiots, some yeah. are not. So anyway, uh, Serbia. What would we do with them? Kick kicking and, and punching. I, th I think you've got to probably investigate that a bit deeper. I think you've got to speak to these players because at the end of the day, they might not have heard that racist abuse. They might have just seen Danny Rose kick a football into the crowd. They might have seen Danny Rose gesture to the crowd and just think he's being a bit of an idiot. And that's why they've gone off kicking up with it. I'm not saying that's what they thought, but I think that's what you're going to have to investigate with these players before you take action against them. Because they may, they may have just been reacting. You know, I mean, if, we, if, if a, an opposition player started gesturing to Wigan Athletic fans, you know, some of our players might get a bit knocked off with them without knowing, you know, what's going yeah, on. Yeah, but he'd actually run across before he, he'd made the gestures. Yeah, the there's, there's, yeah, I think there's stuff going on towards the end of the game which right. we may not have seen on cameras okay. where they, they told the you know, crowd to shut up. And I think that's why it's kicked off on the technical line as well because, you know, the coaches, I think, was it Steve Wigley? The yeah, was, manager, yeah, He's yeah. the one who's gone absolutely insane about it. He's, you know, so I think that it's kind of just been building and building. And as we scored and pretty much ended all their hopes, it's all just doing Right then, we'll uh, we'll make a move on onto the Swansea game on Saturday. So, internationals working off the back of an international break. My favourite time of year. Uh, we never do anything. Uh, we're awful. We're rubbish. Very worried because our, our our complete left side's been away. Uh, I don't know if they're back yet, Paul. Do you know? They get back tomorrow and Friday. Yeah, they're sort of dripping through right. towards the end of the so week. So, Figgy and uh, Jean Bosch are more than likely coming back Friday, are they? Yeah, uh, Figueroa's so had a nice trip to Panama. Panama. Uh, Mike yeah. Pollitt had a Panama hat on all day, I believe. <laughs> 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 right. And uh, Bosch went the furthest of anyone. He went to Argentina and uh, Chile at home. So, yeah. Yeah, and they played Ecuador as well, aren't they? they and they played them at altitude. Yeah, it's a fair effort, that isn't it? Plus, he's coming off the injury, and yeah. he's not—he's not been—he's not looked hundred percent yet, has he? So no. 
And uh, spots Roberto yesterday. Alcaraz is definitely not going to play on Saturday. So, whereas he would possibly be looking at resting either Figaro or Obosizo, like you say, they've probably mm. both got to play, haven't they? Which, yeah. you know, tired bodies, you know, it increases the chances of them getting injured. So yeah. it's, it's a worry. Oh, yeah. Ronnie Stan. <laughs> Indeed, he plays at the side, though. Doesn't he? <laughs> it was yeah. last year, was it? Before. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. for me that was our performance of the yeah, season. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think you know, Roberto did put a bit of blame on that. I, can, I can, can't really blame him because you know, I players right where in the world and they're not moving. You know, it's, I mean, it's, it's just yeah. bad luck, really. You got to, you got to get along yeah. with it. But. He changed the formation for that game, didn't he? He had uh, Colin Salmon up front with Franco, yeah, he and he was everything was totally different. And he was, yeah. I think, the fans thought, "Whoa, what's going on here?" Mm, you know, yeah. and he was. Uh, I remember him being because that was the game where. Hugo and Momo were both missing, yeah. and he got quizzed about that. And his first his first response was, "Well, if I could have rested Maynor, I would have done." Yeah. And you're like, "You've just done a superb job of completely deflecting the question," because yeah. he just completely took away from the fact that mm. he rested the two what we've seen as being top players. Yeah. Moses missed that game as well, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Is that when Stuart Hall got Williams the, the yeah. famous mm. interview after the game? Yeah. Mm. Daddy's having an in, you know, meeting with him. The same meeting he has every the regular week. Monday morning. <laughs> just got blown out of proportion by the Nationals. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was it. There was some. There were some supporters who saw that meeting as a kick up <laughs> yeah. the backside, and that was the difference. But then he, he went odds on and said he was going to be the next manager just sacked yeah. just because <laughs> of that was, one innocuous comment. But there was there was a statement from Dave Whelan, wasn't there? Like after that meeting. That said, yeah, listen to Roberto, yeah. and he was right as yeah. usual. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. right, okay, so uh, if that's the way I get a ball in, I won't mind that at work. <laughs> Let's mm. not forget they certainly gave us a lesson that day. They did. Mm. Yeah. They were fabulous that day. Dyer was fantastic, yes. and uh, oh, what's the central Sig- midfield? Sigerson. Sigerson was yeah. just out of this world, yeah. Unfortunately, we won't have him to worry about because yeah. 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 But having said that, earlier in the season, Wigan. Played Swansea off the field for much of that game and should have really beaten them out Mr. of the Penalty. limits. Yeah. So it's, you know, yeah. hit the, hit the bar and the post, yeah. didn't he? So yeah. you know, that, that's that's what we've got to be looking at. You know. Yeah, yeah. And we're away. And we're away. That's not nice for us, doesn't it? Yeah. So danger man, who, who do we see as danger man? Pablo Hernandez. He's got a massive reputation in Spain. I don't think he's had a start yet, but he come on against Reading, and he, he does look the business, doesn't he? Yeah. And Key Sung Young, they've signed off Celtic, another good signing. It's a good free uh, kick, isn't it? They've signed some decent players, mm. but they've lost a few, haven't they? Yeah. Mm. Um, but I think they have brought a bit of quality in. Mm. And they've battered Reading, 25 yeah. shots there against Reading. But before that, they've had a run of poor results, haven't they? Mm. Yeah, well, I was just going to come to Gareth then, because then, I know Gareth likes his stats. Uh, like last season at home, uh, Swansea were, were quite impressive, and they've not been that impressive this season at home, have they? Not since the first two games against QPR away, they won 5 0. Yeah. And then beat uh, Swansea, beat West Ham 3 0 at home. And since then, oh, they've only had two draws and three losses. Yeah, yeah. A little like our good selves, really. Yeah, mm. they took an hammer in the off ever since they down at the Liberty. Mm. That's right, 3 yeah. 0 yeah. at home is. I watched that game. That flattered Swansea as well. They could have been five at six. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was terrible, wasn't it? I think think you've got to give a lot of credit to that game. Everton in the end. It's one of the best performances I've seen this season. Yeah. Michu. Good player. Good player. But he's had four yellow cards already. Yeah. Yeah. Might be an idea to get in his face. I need to play any of the other. You can just annoy him. Yes.
long range shots. I know we don't usually do that, but their keeper is you know known to. I think he's, he's not really comfortable in the retatting from distance. You know, he's a decent shot stopper, but I don't think he's the best catcher of the ball. So I think you might see us testing the keeper a bit more than we usually do. Right, All right. Well, get on Figueroa for the first goal then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. So what sort of starting lineup do you think we'll be uh, we'll be having, Dan? Planning up. I'm going to throw Hudson to the ring and say one of Miachi, McManaman and Baselli will start. Mm. <laughs> Based solely on the fatigue from the internationals. Right. And there might be a bit of a shake-up at the back. Gareth, you're pulling your face there. Well, I think on the back of the Everton performance, I wouldn't like to change it. I thought they played OK against Everton, really. Uh, and I'd like to carry that forward, really. Um, I wouldn't like to make wholesale changes. I know we've had the international break, we may have a few tired legs, but you know, mm. if it isn't broke, don't fix it. Mm. I think he's going to stick. Like Gareth just pointed out, mm. Everton performance, I thought, was 8 out of 10, probably, something along them lines. I don't think he's going to tinker with it too much. Like I said, fatigue might come into it, but it's hard lines, isn't it, if they can't play three games in a week. Come on. <coughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Paul, what do you think? Mm, I could see merit in both arguments. Yeah. And that's the problem. I think you might get maybe one change, um, but mostly it'll be pretty much the same. Yeah. I mean, both the Jimmy Max haven't been too far, have they? So no, they should be there or thereabouts. I don't think MacArthur's played, has he? Did yeah, yeah. I guess that's yeah, apart yeah. from the Belgian yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he did well that game as well. MacArthur only played the Belgium game, didn't he? Mm, it it is. Yeah, he missed well, I mean, even saw that. I think Jordy might play on Saturday. He's yeah, got a feeling with Swansea mm. playing a, a passing game, I think he'll possibly be the man to come in and you know, keep possession and yeah. get a cracking game at Swansea last year. So. Yeah. So the, the thing that I'm worried about is is with like Figueroa and, and Bosses are both more than likely just coming back on, on, on the Friday. I mean, normally we'd travel down Friday, wouldn't yeah. we? So it, what's going? It's a tough one, isn't yeah. it? You know, you might get a situation where it's you know meters down in Swansea, fellas. You know, it's yeah. uh, seems ridiculous in this day and age that we're still you know they've moved the midweek fixtures forward 24 hours and we're still getting this situation where you know. Yeah. Players don't see the you know the teammates until literally the 24 hours before the game. So. Oh, Martinez has been calling for all Premier League fixtures as a whole to be moved back mm. to, to the Sunday yeah. following international. Yeah. He's, he's got a good argument really with it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, never happened so. because of TV. They, they sat the games. They won't allow it, will they? No. Well, they do it on the last think, Sunday think, of the season, don't they? The off Yeah, mm. but the, for the last game. But yeah. not. There's too many breaks now. If you look, we've, this is our second mm. break. We're only seven games in. Yeah, we've another one in November, yeah. haven't we? Another round of internationals. Yeah, so that's going to be free. Mm. Yeah, and we, we had one the, the week before the one, season. Yeah. So it's the f- that'll be the fourth. Yeah. If there's changes like that, you probably need so many Premier League teams to vote for it, and there's like to Swansea and quite a few others who probably won't have any players going. Getting it quite many yeah. Four yeah. teams yeah. Yeah. Need as well, is it? For yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. So yeah. We, obviously, we, I think we must be one of the worst. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we've come half the squad. Yeah. But in the past, we've been happy with it, weren't we? Before we started recruiting from the. The areas that we do recruit mm. players from now. Oh yeah, you know what you get in when you go yeah. into the African yeah. market or the South American market. Yeah. You know these things are going to come up, don't you? But yeah. You go in the African market, you know your players are going to go in January. And yeah. With those, they might not even come back. <laughs> 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 
So what about Lloyd up down at Swansea? Do you think he's doing a good job? Oh, I mean, he started off to think it was a lovely, attractive football that they were playing, and they said he's, he's taking the mantle of what uh, the other fellow left behind who fired off to Liverpool to Roberto's job, but he turned down. Can't <laughs> yeah. his name? Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers, yeah. Or David Brent, if you watch that being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, he took the mantle off him, and, and brought, like we said, he's, he's tweaked the, the playing staff slightly, but. It, you know, they had played some really good stuff at the beginning. Um, seems to have fallen down a bit for me. Yeah, I mean, like you say, it started off like a train, but you can yeah. get at them now. And yeah. I, I think this is the bit where they've been found out a little bit. Right. Change the manager. Let's see. You know, let's see what he's made of. Let's see how it, how it goes. Second season syndrome as well. Mm-hmm. To a degree. Yeah. 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 There was uh, something in the Nationals as well. Was it this week or the week before? Um, about the players not really getting on with yeah. drop. Who was it? Who was it? He's quartered. The chairman's had to come out and say that there's the dressing room are all behind him, haven't they? Because there was talk of a revolt. Yeah. There's one player yeah. quoted, I don't know if it was an hour press or somewhere, who said there's a bit of unrest. There's the, the players, you know, they've not really got on with the manager from week one, week two, and um, you know, it's just a case of just doing what he says. There's no real personal relationship. Right. So I mean, I think if that's the case, then it's not going to be so long before they do start dropping like a stone. Mm-hmm. Once you get that developing, you're an hiding to nothing, aren't you? That's the best thing about it, was the players mm. run through walls for a bit, so not it? So yeah, there's a good interview with Fivey, and uh, I think it was in the record, mm. uh, yeah. and he, he mentioned that, didn't he? he said yeah. that everything, the players are 100% behind him. Yeah. yeah, so. Right, brilliant. Um, just uh, do a prediction then, if you if we would. Go on, Paul, start with you this week. Ooh, um, I'll say a win, just because I, I hope we get a win. Right, a win. Gareth? I think uh, now the Swansea and Wigan... I've either, neither of them have won in the last five games, so I think a draw. Right. I think we're going to sneak a win, and I'll stick my neck out and say Maloney penalty. Right, that was done. Right, I'm going for right. a positive result again. Uh, I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory, despite all the travelling, etc. Right, that's... The well, winds are mounting up. It's nearly a full house here, I yeah. think they'll win, I think they'll definitely win, yeah. 2-0. Two 2-0, two right, okay. Gomez to score as well. Gomez, yeah. 1-0. Don't know yet. No, I'm joking, Wigan. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm with Gareth here. I think we'll I think it'll be a draw. I'm with for a draw. Mainly because our most uh, um, creative side is our left side and, and they're going to be knackered. And I think that's what's probably due us, unfortunately. I think we'll probably go and soak a bit of pressure up in the first half, yeah. and then I think we'll make maybe one or two changes early in the second half, and then yeah. start bringing, you know, attacking a bit. Similar to Southampton. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Get me actually on, mm. or maybe Callum McManaman if he's needed. And, you know. mm. Well, given that that was the mantra that Roberto left them with, is, would it not be sneaky to just go straight at them? Last season, though, we went mm. and sorted them up first half, didn't mm. we? I know that's the way we play, but. Yeah. Yeah, works against Arsenal, doesn't it? Just go straight after them. Straight yeah. for the jugular. We needed the points then, though, didn't we? <laughs> we had to beat Arsenal, mm. and we did. Corney and De Santo forming a partnership up front, it might be the way to go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is he? Do we know how, how he is? Has he's he, fine, yeah. Is he, he back? He was unhurt, yeah. He's, uh, yeah I think he is back today, actually. Right. They, were, they were hoping. Roberto had spoken to him, and he's, he avoided serious injuries that, uh, was, that was a plus for anybody out there in uh, podcast land doesn't know it, it was uh, Senegal Ivory Coast and there was a, a mass riot <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah he was sort of where the trouble was happening because obviously the players were in the centre circle they were sort of 
cordoned off, but he was obviously on the bench where it was all kicking off in the stands. But yeah, fortunately, he wasn't. Uh, no. I noticed him at one point because you could tell with his hair, can't you? His white hair. Honestly, you won't mess with him. Oh no, seen that thighs. Good grief. And uh, Ivory Coast have qualified now for the Cup of Nations, haven't they? Yeah, that's, that's good news. Yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I remember you saying when we signed him in the pre-season stuff we were doing about how we not played for ages. So it's four great. years, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that four was years, it. Yeah, he was yeah. completely out of the squad, and he's obviously yeah. played so well for Wigan that yeah, yeah. they fast-tracked him back in. Unfortunately, yeah, he has been playing well. <laughs> he had a good yeah. season last year, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, right. well, that wraps us up for this week. So, uh, just like to say, it's a good night from me. And it's good, good night, night from, from us. Thank you.